0: Fuck you. That's my name. Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood. And after... The last couple weeks of us doing like a fight movie and a weird uh, sword and sorcery movie with like people being nailed to crosses and lots of tits and butts everywhere. (laughs) We're going to take a completely different route this week and we're going to talk about a nice little indie film that actually won a... What is that? What are those things called? A Grammy for best song in a movie and...
1: And an Academy Award.
0: And an Academy Award. Okay. And we're going to compare it to Rocky IV when we get to the part in my notes where where I had that thought. So stay tuned for that one. We're going to talk about Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to talk about Once. It came out in 2007, directed by John Carney, who did Sing Street, which is an old episode that we, not an old episode, I guess, an episode that we did last year. And he made, like, Begin Again. And there was a pretty popular show that he worked on recently that I can't remember the name of because I don't go in for romantic dramas very often these days.
1: I can understand. This one took a lot out of me emotionally.
0: My favorite part about this movie is that it's really simple. Just two people talking and singing songs. And it's another one of those music films as a Opposed to musical, where the music is actually coming from somewhere. There's one scene in the movie where it's almost like a musical, but the music is still coming from something. Um, You know what scene I'm talking about? When she's walking down the street, fucking singing. Yeah, Uh,
1: yeah. I figured that was the one you're talking about. But yes, the music is technically coming from somewhere, so it's not it's not a musical in the traditional sense. But the music does unfold the story, or rather, I guess the music unfolds the not the subtext. Because it's not subtext, but rather the um, the inner lives of the characters.
0: And the characters' names, by the way, are the girl and the guy. I'm going to end up just referring to them primarily as their actor names, as as their real names, Glenn Hansard and Marquette Irglova,
1: who um, have since the movie uh, formed a band that performs together. Or I'm not sure if they broke up the band. Well,
0: they broke up.
1: Well, I know they <laughs> broke up, but that was that was a whole thing that happened. You know, a long time time ago. ago, But they formed a band called The Swell Season, which my ex-girlfriend introduced me to. I I hadn't realized that they had gotten together and formed a band, but they do music and they're really good. And they did a bunch of touring and released several albums together. And then I think it's kind of like an off and on again thing that they do where they then go off and do their own things and then we'll come together and put out another Swell Season album. But I could be wrong about that. It, It might be just that they splitting or off doing their own things now
0: it looks like they were together from like 2005 to 2011 which is probably around the time they were like shooting this movie 2005 2006 ish 2015 kind of a one-off i don't know what that means it, on wikipedia it says one-off i don't know if that's like a one-off show or like a one-off tour or what and then in 2022 they yeah, apparently had a reunion tour so that's cool
1: now this is the uh, the swell season the band the swell season yep yeah, which is okay
0: which is just glenn and marquetta doing their right. cool stuff.
1: Good music. I really enjoy the music of this movie and I enjoy their their music outside of the movie as well once I had been exposed
0: to it. Yeah, yeah, their, their music is pretty good. I actually bought a live DVD of theirs shortly after I saw this movie. That's how big of a dork I was back then at 20 years <laughs> how, old watching it. How was it? It's good. It's a lot of the same songs from the movie. I don't really enjoy
1: concert films very much. Sometimes I do, but it's It's very rare that I get terribly engaged with a concert film. I guess the reason is because the sound on concert films is, it's recorded live, you know, so the mixing on a live concert recording tends to be, it tends to be that they just pull straight from the mixers that are sending sound out to the auditorium or wherever they're playing, and that's sound that's made for that room, not for a recording, you know, and when they do that, it's it kind of sounds like shit, but when you when they do a concert film where they have a completely separate mixer mixing just for the recording then it can be all right but it seems like that's very seldom the case it seems like most of the time i hear a live album or a concert film the mix is just
0: bad you don't listen to a lot do you because all the ones that i've heard have been fine for the most part like if i go listen to a Hoosker do live album that's going to be a little different than something like this with a lot of production and stuff it depends on the energy of the
1: thing you know like I have a Stooges live album that I absolutely love, but it's be- it's not because the recording is good. The recording is terrible, but the energy is so good, and they really did a good job of capturing that. So, you know, I mean, it, it varies from recording to recording, but yeah, in my experience, I just don't care for live albums or concert films.
0: It depends on the band. Uh, I watch a lot of anti-flag performances because they're just so fucking high energy, it's kind of hard to... It's, it's a lot. I'm like, these guys are in their 40s, right? Why are they still jumping that high? Don't your knees hurt?
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds unpleasant.
0: <laughs> Why are you screaming? You do this every day? What the fuck? <laughs> it's pretty good. There, there's a, He throws in, like, a Frame song that he wrote and shit.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, um, so apparently i just learned this today john carney was a member of the frames yeah, he played he played
0: bass i believe
1: yeah which uh was fronted by glenn hansard i did not know that
0: did you listen to the commentary tracks at all or anything
1: i did not i have never listened to the commentary on this and i really regret not giving <laughs> myself time to do that before we did this recording because as soon as it was over i was like fuck i should have listened to the commentary
0: i vaguely remember some of it from when i was 20 years old and watching the commentary tracks, so I'll, I'll chime in a little bit <laughs> When I when I remember.
1: okay. well, something I learned today while scrolling through the IMDb trivia was that the title once is taken from um, Carney's experience with musicians who would always say, yeah, you know, I'll I'll go and I'll pursue music once this or that or once I do this or once I do that.
0: Yeah, not like what it says on the back of the case where it says, how often do you meet that special person once?
1: Yeah, no, (laughs) it's not that at all. But yeah, and so like that's sort of where the guy Glenn Hansard is at in this movie and so that's the reason for the for the title of the movie. I, I just learned that.
0: Yeah, I knew I learned that from the commentary track all those years ago.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. God damn it, I knew I should have listened to that commentary track.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's just John Carney and the two just talking. There's two different commentaries. There's one like about the movie and then there's one about the music. I'm not okay. entirely sure what the difference is cuz I can't remember. I feel remember, like those but...
1: would both be very interesting. Well, I mean yeah, you could probably do an entire commentary track. I mean, if you're talking with the writers of the music, they could probably do an entire commentary track just talking about the writing process and you know the the meaning behind the songs as they were writing them and as they were writing the story.
0: You know who wrote the music, right?
1: Yeah, they did. Okay. <laughs> Glenn Hanser and Mark oh, so, Glover wrote well, the music. Okay, yeah.
0: I thought I thought you were like, oh, with the writers of the, the music in this movie, I'm like, wait a minute. You're, no, you're, no, you're no. On board. I, you're I know right. that
1: the actors are the writers of the music. But then but then it would be interesting to get that along with the perspective of John Carney, who wrote the script.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Apparently he uh, he wrote the entire outline in about five minutes in a diner when he was missing his girlfriend who lived in London
0: who is in the movie as glenn's ex who cheated on him yeah and this movie is a very simple concept these two meet and they very clearly have some kind of affection for one another and then then they split
1: this is one of those there's extremely, your outline. this is like high fidelity like this is the more melancholy less comedic version of high fidelity where it it's completely unromanticized about their relationship, you know. This is this is two people who are just they have really strong feelings for each other and especially her, she's just like mm, doesn't make sense, you know. It's not going to It's not the right decision, so we're just not going to do that.
0: I always enjoyed the ending, though. I
1: don't enjoy the ending. I get the ending. I get why they did it that way, but it fucking kills me every time.
0: So we open with Glenn. He's playing some music. I don't know what the song is that he's playing. He's playing some cover songs, so people will actually give him money, which he explains in a few minutes.
1: Cover songs during the day, originals at night.
0: And there's this crackhead-looking guy who's all jittery and weird. He's, like, near him and his guitar case, and Glenn's like, don't fucking get the fuck away, man. Don't fuck, don't he just, fuck with me. All right.
1: He just pauses his song. It's like, don't fucking do it, man. <laughs> Like, if you grab this thing, I'm going to chase you. And the guy's like, "What? I'm not going to. He's so obviously going to. It's it's painful to watch.
0: Yeah, he throws he throws some change in the in the thing, the, the, the crackhead guy. And then he starts dancing and then sure enough, grabs the fucking guitar case and runs off with it. Glenn takes off right after him,
1: hands his guitar <laughs> off to just a random stranger's <laughs> like, yeah. hold this for me, which off they go.
0: John Carney likes to have people do that, too. Remember in uh, Sing Street when that dude stole, stole the bike and then they just throw their guitars on the ground and start chasing after him? <laughs> oh that's right. <laughs> There's a couple things in here like that that I have some I have some theories about. Yeah, so he he chases the dude. He eventually catches up to him cuz <laughs> Fucking guys too cracked out to run that far? So he catches him, and then Glenn is just—he's—he's he's a good dude. We—we we get a glimpse into his character. He's like, dude, you don't have to steal for me. If you need some fucking money, just ask. I'm out here trying to make a living like everybody else. If you need something, all you have to do is ask. So the guy's like, could I have some some of that money then?
1: <laughs> no, he—he he had a five pound note or maybe five euro. I don't know. In his bag, he's like, well, there was that five or you. Oh you yeah. give me that. <laughs> And he's like, he just gets this god fucking damn it look on his face, and he's just like, all right, fine. It gives it to him.
0: <laughs> so apparently, back in the day, a bunch of people thought these guys were brothers. They definitely. You mean,
1: you mean who 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 thought that?
0: Like like some uh, people watching the movie.
1: Oh oh okay. They thought
0: they were brothers because like clearly these guys have a relationship of some kind. Like they know each other. They see each other every day probably since he's out there doing the thing. Because he asks him, he says, "How's our ma?" Right? And everybody thinks. That because he said, how's our ma, that that means they're brothers. And of course, Glenn's like, she's dead, man. And he's like, oh, yeah, fuck, sorry. They're yeah,
1: not- it's probably just it's it's probably just a colloquialism yeah. that like people use in Ireland or something.
0: Yeah, so they're not brothers. So he is just a crackhead <laughs> trying to steal shit. Uh,
1: technically, he's a heroin junkie.
0: Oh, well, whatever. So now after that little scene, it's, it's nighttime. Glenn is singing this really awesome song called Say It To Me Now.
2: And if you have something to say... Yeah,
1: that's a good fucking song. And it's
0: really big, and he's in this open E tuning. I used to try to play this song, and I think I could probably figure it out now, but I was never able to do it back in the day because I can't play like this, and it always annoyed me.
1: Is that what he's playing? He's playing an open E? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that probably explains why I could never get this song figured out.
0: Which I I knew that like I cuz I found some tabs and stuff back in the day and I'm like, yeah, and I really like that tuning. It sounds cool. This cute little girl, not not little girl. She is like mm, 17. She is like 17 years old when they're yeah. shooting the movie. But uh, I did
1: not realize that until today. Me
0: either. Oh my god. Yeah. No, cuz she she presents a little older. Not like way older, but I'm like she's got to be at least 20, 25, right? Like
1: that's the impression i had i had like the impression she was like mid-20s again you know she's got a two-year-old daughter she's been married for two years in the in the script so she's clearly playing older than she is
0: or maybe she's not who knows you
1: don't get married at 15 even in like Czech. they don't do
0: that (laughs) well that's true i i hope not yeah she shows up she's she's like watching him and she throws in she throws a coin into his case and he's like yes 10 cents and kind of being a smart ass about it And she's like what (laughs) And he's like, nothing, I'm just kidding, sorry. And she's like, hey, you know, how come you don't, you know, I see you every day, how come you don't play this song during the day? And he's like, well, during the day, if I played songs like this, people, you know, people wouldn't give me any money, they just want to hear songs that they know. And she's like, well, you do it for the money, why don't you just get a job in a shop? And he's like, I have a job in a shop. I work in a, every vacuum is a fucking Hoover, apparently. They they yeah, call, they call them thing. Hoovers over there. <laughs> so yeah, he works in a Hoover repair shop. And she's like, Hoover? And he's like, Zh. Cause she's from the Czech Republic. Right. So I'm sure Hoover. Yeah. Me, yeah. Maybe it's a brand over there just like it is, or maybe it's nothing over there. Who knows?
1: I'm not sure, but yeah, he says vacuum and she's like, Oh, okay. Oh, hey, yeah. that reminds me. Hey, that
0: reminds me. I have a broken vacuum cleaner. And he's like, Oh, this is
1: such an Eastern European moment. <laughs>
0: And he's like, well, what's wrong with it? She's like, it's fucked. It's cute coming out of her. It's <laughs> fucked. It doesn't suck up the dirt. And uh, oh, she's also trying to sell magazines. She's like, you want a big issue? And he's like, nope, can't afford it. You gave me 10 fucking cents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't say that last part.
0: Woody, when he says like, nobody will give me any money for playing songs that I write. She, does, she goes, I give you money. He's like, you gave me 10 cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the scene kind of ends a little. Well, I guess it doesn't end. They, they talk for a minute, but she's like, who do you write this song for? And he's like, nobody Get the fuck out of here. She's like, no, (laughs) you wrote that song for somebody. Nobody would sing a song like that for nobody, is basically what she's saying. And, you know, it's a girl, and she's gone. She's dead? No, she's gone. And then they just kind of leave it at that.
1: It's a nice little meet-cute. She's extremely charming right out the gate. She
0: is. She is, and he is old. (laughs) And...
1: (laughs) A little bit, yeah.
0: I understand she's supposed to be playing older, but... I don't th- think
1: he's as old as me, but I think he's, like, mid-30s. He's 37, 36,
0: 37 during the filming of the movie. So he's 20 years older than he's, her. Yeah,
1: 20 years older than her. Well, again, you know, she's playing a little older, but still.
0: But then you think about the real-life implications of this and, <laughs> and them, them dating each other for three fucking years.
1: In fairness, though, they didn't start dating until after the movie was released, after they'd won the Oscar, the whole thing.
0: Oh, so he... So he waited for her to be a little older. I see. I see where your head's at, Glenn. She is now married with, with three kids. Not to Glenn Hansard, by the way. So I'm pretty sure she's doing okay. I think this was not as creepy as I'm making it out to be in my head just because I don't <laughs> like age is just a number is like three quarters of a lie that, that people say because they just want to fuck young people.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah it is it is age because, is more than a number it's because it, yeah age is definitely it's, it's a experience number. <laughs> yeah. it's personality it's relatability it's like literally it's, a number <laughs> it's the maturity to make decisions and you know Decisions that could potentially affect the rest of your life. It, it's more than just a number.
0: I'm, an, I'm trying to put that out of my head because this movie demands that. That's the thing for me, be, being older than when I first watched this. Actually, 15 years older almost. I yeah. just look at things a lot fucking differently now.
1: I didn't realize until this time also, I, I mean, I guess kind of like you, how old Glenn Hansard is in this. I was 28 when I watched this movie the first time. And if I'm being completely honest, when I was 28, I had the mentality of about a 15-year-old. So it did not strike me the age gap between them because I I really thought Marquette Air was probably like 23 to 25, you know? And then I thought he was probably like 28, 29 years old. Based solely on the fact that the way he's living is like a man in his twenties, like he's living in a room at his dad's house. The whole interaction later on with the with him playing her his music and stuff, and him being such a you know like such a puppy dog.
0: It is very you know, high school.
1: Yeah, he's he's playing so immature, which is which completely checks out for the character. By the way, you have to be immature to have those kind of dreams, like you do. But yeah, I I didn't think there was. I thought maybe there was like a five absolute absolute top tier i thought there was maybe a 10 year age gap between them it did not occur to me there was a 20 year age gap between them until today
0: you don't think about that kind of shit until you fucking think about it and then you can't stop thinking about it and then it drives you fucking crazy so i'm I'm trying to not think about it
1: yeah no i i understand i don't really want to think about it either because it's it's kind of upsetting
0: but i know like the thing he probably in real life, too, was in a bit of a state of arrested development. He was kind of a rock star, like, over, you know, over there. And that's what you do. You date younger girls. And presumably it was consensual and not creepy and abusive and stuff. So, like, that's that part's fine i don't know why i'm harping on this like they they've been broken up for fucking ever now and she's married and he's married i think and they she has kids and they're doing okay they're obviously okay with each other doing a reunion tour in 2022 and everything
1: yeah they're still friends and everything so
0: so it's just me overthinking it because i'm like if a 40 year old looked at my 20 year old daughter i'd punch him in the face like there's no (laughs) understandably so (laughs) just no no that's not not cool no it's gross man i ah, just we we need to move on so i don't fucking throw up and <laughs> throw this <laughs> fucking computer out the window or something so we get another song
2: you have broken me all the way down down upon my knees and you have broken me all the
0: way now you'll be the last you'll see originally john carney was like i'm just going to have glenn write the fucking songs for this thing then he's like you know what i think you need to be in the movie because the most important part of the movie was the songs themselves he felt he said he wanted he wanted the songs to be performed brilliantly is what he said. So he'd rather have a great musician who could half act rather than a great actor who could half play music.
1: Yeah, apparently they had originally cast Cillian Murphy. Cillian oh, Murphy? Oh, like, dude,
0: that's weird. That doesn't make sense. I feel like I'm sense.
1: completely mispronouncing his name. But, I think
0: it's Cillian, um, but I don't fucking
1: know. Yeah, so apparently he was originally cast, but for some reason he dropped out, and so a lot of the funding dropped out.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, we we have several million dollars now. We have one
1: and at that point he was like that was when he he was like you know glenn's already writing the songs let's just have him do it i really do think this is a fantastic performance piece for glenn hansard Marquette or glova's fine but it's more that she's very charming than that she's good at acting but i think glenn does a, a really good job in this you know he's not great but he's damn
0: good I buy it. The, is is the important part?
1: Exactly. I completely buy where he's coming from. I, I mean, I, the moments they share together. The the moments that he's kind of again that desperate puppy dog thing that he does. You know, like I, I completely connect <laughs> with that.
0: Yeah, and like right now while he's playing this song and he's kind of writing it too as he as he's going along, uh, we get a little montage about you know the ex girlfriend, yeah, and then being all fucking cute together and stuff.
1: Yeah, I there's so much of that footage that I feel like it has to be real footage.
0: Uh, Yes, a lot of it does. I I imagine because
1: because well, and also Glenn looks younger in it, so I'm guessing like you know him and Glenn, John Carney and Glenn were actually really friends. So he probably just took all this footage he shot of his girlfriend and then found footage of the two of them together being cute, and like it was just real footage.
0: Yeah, that's, that might actually be what happened. That'd save you a little time. So now we're now we're back to busking. Uh, and here comes Marquetta with her vacuum. And she shows up and she's like, I brought my vacuum. And he's like, hey, what's up? Um, I don't have any fucking tools, man. I can't fix it. Can you bring it back tomorrow? She's like, no. And, and, like, and so sweet and so sincere and so earnest about it. She's like, no, I brought it today.
1: Again, so Eastern European. Completely pushing what she wants until she gets it very eastern european
0: i actually i'm okay with that i think yeah it works because she's very cute strong chicks are hot
1: (laughs) (laughs) i agree with you i agree with you women who tell you what they want and are very direct about it that's a that's fantastic. I'm very into it. And then, you know, she's adorable. And from what so I she can get away with it, from
0: what I gather, she is not really like that in real life. She's actually really quiet and not <laughs> not pushy in the slightest and just really sweet. Like that scene later where she's negotiating with the recording studio guy, John Carney said she would never do that in a million years.
1: Well, the, her character is a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing I've learned. I mean, obviously, not all Eastern Europeans are like that, but the, the particularly the Eastern European survivors I've met and they're they're a good amount of them they're very much like that
0: oh and like, she needs to be too. her we learn more about her situation later oh it's yeah like, it's like a yeah. it's kind of a normal-ish situation but it's it's still it's still hard for any normal person
1: i mean it's not like she came from like war-torn bosnia yeah. or something like that but yeah, she's still in a rough spot. Yeah,
0: that that that's a rough spot for people here who don't have to fucking jump countries. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, for sure. But they go to lunch together because he's like, I'm going on my lunch break now. So I'm going to he's like, you hungry? And she's like, I'm always hungry. And then they <laughs> and they, they talk for a minute. Apparently her dad played violin. And this is this is dark. She's all cute and happy. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, my dad played violin and he got arthritis and then he killed himself. Glenn couldn't handle it. He's just like, really? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, but before he died, like, it's just a, just a thing. It's just part of her. It's part of her life.
1: She's, she's so matter of fact yeah. about it.
0: But he taught her how to play piano because it's easier on the fingers. And also she practices for an hour a day at this music store. I guess I'm just going to call it downtown because that's kind of what it seems like it is.
1: Yeah, it does seem like the, uh, the downtown business area or a downtown business area
0: so then glenn he's like i want to hear you play and she's like all right cool let's go to this fucking music store and (laughs) one of the pieces of trivia for this music store was something that i never thought of because it's just part of me being a guitarist and i don't even care anymore they're like if you notice there aren't any left-handed guitars hanging on the wall because left-handed guitars are less prevalent than right-handed guitarists i'm like um that was the dumbest bit of trivia you could have thrown in there marquette is gonna put on a little concert for glenn and he's you can pinpoint the exact moment that this character falls in love with this chick because up until this point he's he like likes her but he's also kind of annoyed with her for just like bringing her fucking vacuum cleaner and bugging him all day
1: <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit you can see it like as soon as she as soon as she like pushes on the vacuum cleaner thing you can just see him die a little inside like, god, it's damn, like, it. god <laughs> damn it and he knows he's gonna do it because she's cute
0: Yeah, yeah. But he he, doesn't fucking want to. She's playing the song and he's like, wow, that's good. Did you write that? She's like, no, Mendelssohn did. She doesn't say it as sarcastic (laughs) as that, but like you could tell she meant it that way. Well, actually she doesn't. I don't think she's sarcastic at all. I think... Think, no, she's just very direct. Yeah, I think her her. I don't think she knows what sarcasm is. Her whole thing is she is just an earnest, straightforward, no bullshit kind of person. Uh, but yeah, you know, he you could just see him looking at her too while he's play while she's playing. He's just like, oh fuck, I have a huge boner right now.
1: And that is why they immediately go into falling slowly together. My,
0: my Irish curse is showing
1: because that's basically what falling slowly is. Falling slowly is the story of him, you know. Announcing his love for her,
0: John Carney compared it to a love scene, basically yeah, between it is. the two.
1: It is, it's a, it's a full on romantic exchange,
0: and these two are so fucking stupid talented too. She doesn't say like, "Hey, I want to play a song with you." She's like, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna hear you play a song." And then he pulls out his guitar, and he starts teaching her how to play it, like unprovoked,
1: because <laughs> he wants to play it with her. Because that's that's his declaration of love, basically.
0: You've heard this song. It's a really good. It's a really great, simple. It's kind of one of those perfect songs.
1: It really is like it. It didn't surprise. It doesn't surprise me at all that it won the Academy Award for Best Song. It honestly would have been more surprising to me if any other song had got had won. The thing that really shocked me was when I found out today that it didn't even get nominated for a Golden Globe. But apparently there was some controversy uh, that almost prevented it from getting an Academy Award nomination because they had performed and even released the song prior to. The release of the movie
0: um yeah it is on a uh frames album
1: yeah uh but they but I guess the academy allowed it because the song was written specifically for the movie and the exposure was very low because nobody fucking knows who the frames are
0: they do in Europe damn it <laughs> so yeah falling slowly it's a, it's, a, it's a good song like I said an almost perfect song it's one of those so that's done because they play it together
1: it's really beautiful too I I don't know what your experience is playing with other people but it's one of those moments where it's obviously heightened for the movie but moments like that do happen where you play something together with another musician and you're both just clicking just right and it's magical like that and it's and technically it's never that good but the feeling of what you're performing together feels as good as it feels in this scene
0: i am a bad musician so that never happens to me
1: it is kind of an experience thing you have to you have to be kind of experienced but you don't have to necessarily be a, a really good musician to do it you just have to have enough competency to be able to like you have to, you have to be able to know your chords and stuff enough to to do it you know i've never been able to do it because i've never been a good enough musician but i've seen other musicians have these moments i don't um, have the ear again i I hung out with a lot of musicians
0: i don't have the ear or the chops for that kind of shit like i'm a i'm a very strict power chord guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i maybe it's not you know as i said it's not something i've personally done but it is something i've been present for
0: like i can play the song this song but i can't write this song you know
1: yeah when those when those moments happen they are as magical as this scene is and the scene really nails that vibe
0: they're they're, they're postcoital at this point they've blown each other metaphorically (laughs) and they're they're on a bus going to get her fucking vacuum fixed she's like tell me more about this chick who you wrote all these songs for he's like absolutely not and (laughs) and his guitar is out by the way he's like changing the string on his guitar
1: speaking of which did you notice like are you familiar with this The, the the way he had all of his strings just wild hanging off the head of his guitar
0: that guitar is beat the fuck up. Are you talking about like the I, like he, he he didn't clip them off? They're just kind of like yeah, yeah.
1: He doesn't clip his strings at all. I used to do that. And it's a broke thing, like it's it's a broke musician thing. Like when you're when you're a broke musician and you play enough, you break guitar strings at. I now I don't know if this is you personally, but in my experience and with all the musicians I grew up with, you break guitar strings at the bass more than anything. You know, the the strings break down here at the base. And so, being broke, we could just fix the strings if you didn't clip them.
0: Oh, maybe. I guess you can, that would make you sense. Can
1: just, you can just unwind the string, put that little ball thing in there, twist it, and then rewind it around it, and your string is fixed. And so you can keep playing with a broken... You, you can just repair your broken string, but you have to not clip your strings.
0: Oh, that's not why I did it. I just did it because I thought it was fucking cool.
1: No, I, I get the feeling he does it for that reason, because this... I mean, looking at that guitar, he plays a lot.
0: Yeah, that thing is beat. He still has that guitar.
1: Oh, yeah, I and believe it. he still it. plays with it. That's a guitar that's seen some miles, man.
0: I don't know how that thing sounds so fucking good.
1: I, it's like Willie Nelson's guitar. You seen Willie's guitar? No,
0: is it like it's that, like all that. holy and fucked up?
1: Oh, yeah. Only way more so, because Willie's been playing it since the 1940s.
0: They're on the bus. He's changing his strings. She asks him about the, tell me about the girl. And he says no. And she's like, yes. And he's like, fine. <laughs> And then he sings a song that he made up right on the spot. Oh, broken hearted
2: Hoover fixer sucker guy. Oh, broken hearted Hoover fixer sucker sucker guy. One day I'll go there and win her once again. But until then, I'm just a sucker of a guy.
1: And it was never meant to make it into the movie. No,
0: they were like, he, John Carney was like, I, it's another song. We don't need another song, but it was so funny and everybody liked it so much that he decided to keep it.
1: It's a really sweet scene.
0: And then he plays a metal song for like three seconds because, because <laughs> he's does he, goofing the, with the song is basically about like, she cheated on him and moved off to London. Then she's like, well, you play these songs for her. You can get her back, you know? And he's like, well, fuck, her. Fuck, her, fuck, her,
2: fuck her. She's gone. she gone. Fuck her. he
1: he really nails it that is that is exactly the way guys on acoustic guitars play it when they want to sound metal and then
0: he fucking freaks out some lady on the bus because i guarantee they did not have permits to shoot on the bus either they probably asked the bus drivers like can we do this and he's like yeah sure why not probably
1: slipped him a 10 or something like that he's a frames fan there you go <laughs> he's a frames fan uh then he
0: you know they make it to the shop he fixes the va- the vacuum and he's a nice guy again he wants to fuck this chick so she's like how much do i owe you he's like nothing it's free and she's like bullshit nothing's free and the dad we meet the dad kind of for the first time really we he, he has lines here and he's like kind of being a shithead to his son like demanding tools and then he looks over at marquetta and winks at her and stuff because he's being playful
1: the dad is one of those great characters who barely has any lines like you said but he's so well performed and the moments he has are just so so perfect and they give you a little glimpse into him and you, we never get to see him fully but we get these little glimpses inside of him and he's he's a really good character
0: he loves this fucking kid that that that's important that that's very obvious that we can see that
1: i mean and he looks like this hard you know irish dad like you just you just picture him smacking him around as a kid.
0: It probably didn't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it probably yeah. didn't. Like, like, like the scenes we get with him give you give you his hit a little glimpse into his interior life, and it's uh, it, it's really sweet and cute.
0: And then the inevitable, the inevitable, come on here. So oh, it's
1: so hamfisted. Everything he just he just fumbles it so hard.
0: Oh man! So he invites Marquetta upstairs, and they listen to another one of his songs, and then she's like, "It's good, it's cool," and she's like, "I should probably go," and he's like. You should stay the night let's you know together <laughs> it's not quite us. that
1: bad but it's
0: he asks he doesn't say you should he says you want to you know want to stay you want to spend the night and she's like fuck this she literally says fuck this and then leaves yeah uh she was uh, unhappy with that request and then yeah the next day i assume it's the next day he goes and finds her and he's like oh shit i'm so fucking sorry and he says the most pathetic goddamn thing do you remember what he says he's like he says, i'm really lonely and you're gorgeous i just know <laughs> and she has this great fucking face too she's looking at him like Get the fuck away from me.
1: Oh, yeah. She was pissed about that. Like, she was not charmed by it at all. But she, but you know, his, I, I think his, his total, his total ownership of what a tool he was wins her back. Here.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and they had a conversation about making, him making her some CDs so she could listen to some more of his music and stuff. He brought her the CDs and because she, she forgave him here. And she's like, I don't have a CD player. And she, so he lets, he lets, he hands her his like portable CD player. Yes, children. Disc man. Uh, yeah. Disc man. There you go.
1: Probably an off brand though.
0: We had CD players that we walked around with in our giant Jinko jean pockets.
1: <laughs> in fairness, this is 2007. So they were. <laughs> Nobody was wearing the giant jinkos at this point. No, not
0: really. And she's like, you know, I'll give it back. And he's like, yeah, you can keep it. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, you pussy.
1: He's so, so desperate.
0: He is simping like, hard for this chick. She's cute. I get it. So, you know. no, I,
1: I can completely relate. I, I get it. I relate.
0: He walks her home. And then she's like, this is where I live. Do you want to come upstairs? And because we don't hear about the characters we're going to meet, I want to assume that he's like, fuck yes. She forgave me. I'm getting laid right now. And then he gets up there and immediately (laughs) realizes, nope. There's her child and her mother. And they all live in this little flat together. Just
1: like a one room flat.
0: With random guests just showing up and coming in without knocking so they can watch TV and shit.
1: Oh, no. You know what? Actually, she did have a bedroom that she shared with her daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. She does have that. Yes, It's like the, the main room and then her little bedroom. And her mom probably has a bedroom, too.
0: And her child's name is Ivanka, and they pronounce it several different ways throughout the course of the movie. Uh, Maybe only two. Like, right now, it's Ivanka, and then they'll start calling her Ivana, and then eventually, I think, right near the end, he calls her Ivanka again.
1: This scene hit really close to home for me, because all of my dating years were spent in Eastern Europe, and so... Oh,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, tell tell me, tell me, how close is this? (laughs) This is
1: dead fucking on this is so dead on every girl who i ever went over to her house it was some variant on this some kind of weird you know like everybody was in the kitchen watching soccer and you know like like three guys were always over who you had no fucking clue who they were and then the mom (laughs) was always going out of her way to make food god this is so dead on i never i never went out with a girl who had kids but again i was in high school and and so were they
0: he gets invited to dinner of course because you know th- she likes him he's a nice guy he's not creepy and weird i mean he's kind of annoying but he's fine he's
1: pathetic but he's yeah. he's not he's not a creep
0: and you know the mom likes him and stuff so you know she she stays. he stays for dinner uh the mom thinks he's mom handsome calls him handsome yeah and then he <laughs> he asks about you know where's the dad where ivanka's dad and it turns out he's you know not here he's living in fucking the czech republic still and we get we get more of that later and then the dudes come in to watch TV but just these yeah. three
1: fucking randos it's it, perfect yeah
0: clearly happens all the time cuz they watch whatever show it was called and that's how they learned English, they said. He helps put Ivanka to bed. Um, it's a very wooden child. It's not real. It's like a plank of wood. It really <laughs> looks like that. And he's still not going to get laid. Uh, I guess
1: we should, maybe we should spoil it uh, for the audience. He, he does not get laid in the course of this.
0: He movie. absolutely does not.
1: Their, their relationship is entirely emotional it's entirely played out in music yes he never even he never even makes out with her
0: no he kisses her on the cheek like one time one time she and she puts her head on his shoulder also one
1: time Yep, that's the entirety of their physical relationship i everything between them happens in song
0: love it i love that it's perfect i still love that even back in the day i thought of a i wanted to make a i wanted to make a movie of course kind of about this similar thing where a dude comes home reconnects with his ex-girlfriend and then they have like a thing and they almost consummate But at the end, they decide that it's better to, you know, stick with the actual good shit they have going on instead of ruining it for something they already know wouldn't fucking work.
1: Another one of the great unwritten Andrew Miller scripts. I'm getting sick of hearing these great (laughs) ideas for movies, dude. I (laughs) I want you to write a goddamn script.
0: I should turn that one into a book, though. That would be that would work.
1: Okay, fucking do it. Turn it into a book. I want to read it.
0: It'll be just like before sunrise.
1: Okay. cool i will read it i'll be the i'll be your first read shit i'll edit the thing
0: i actually yeah i came up with the idea like after i watched before sunrise for the first time and okay and a bunch of mumblecore movies like this movie called Uptown, which was really good. I haven't is, seen it. Which is literally just two people talking
1: on a date. I haven't seen Before Sunrise either. So I haven't seen any of the before trilogy. You
0: haven't? Oh my god, dude.
1: I know. I, 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 get to, I lose my movie nerd card now.
0: Do you know what holds up really well? Like way fucking better than I thought they would? All three of those movies. I was so fucking surprised. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll get I'll get to them eventually. Maybe I'll pick up those new Criterion 4Ks. Maybe that'll be the inspiration I need.
0: They're really good. I'm really fucking surprised. And each one is at like a different point in their lives, so it's like I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck? Like I I related to this one a lot. And then I related to this one. And now I relate to this one." Oh my goodness. So like you grew up with them? Oh uh, yeah, kinda. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a wild ride. I watched all three of them over the course of like a few days. It's it's beautiful. Make your son watch them and then he'll just sit there and be fucking bored the whole time cuz he's 16. No 16-year-old kid wants to watch two people talking for 2 hours.
1: He loved kicking and screaming.
0: Oh, well, it's not loved as, it. It's not as fun as that.
1: Uh yeah, he said he said Chet is now like his hero. <laughs>
0: I fucking love Chet though.
1: <laughs> like all right, there are worse heroes to have.
0: He's a dude who knows what he is, knows what he wants and doesn't really give a shit what anybody else thinks about it.
1: If that if that's how you turn out, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's not that, that's not a bad way to be. You're never going to be rich, but you're obviously not going you're not fucking worried about that, so there you go. Yeah.
1: Just cool with it.
0: He's a happy guy. So they're going to go out to the stoop now. They're going to hang out for a little bit after Ivanka and probably Mom also goes back to goes to bed because she's old and shit.
1: Yeah, she's like She's like thirty-eight.
0: So he's he's showing he's showing Marquetta a song that he doesn't have lyrics for. This song was actually written by Marquetta, but even though we're pretending he wrote it in the movie,
1: no, uh, we're pretending he wrote the music. Yeah,
0: we we're pretending he wrote the music, even though yeah, she she definitely wrote this one. Just and it's
1: general. so more her style anyway. Yeah. It's kind of silly to think that he wrote this music. It's Like, all right, Glenn, that's not really your style.
0: And she's like, hey, I really like it, and he and. She's like, do you have lyrics? And he's like, no, I have a few, but they're not quite right. It's a little too romantic for me. And she's like, it is romantic. Uh, you have a romantic streak. And this is where it's very obvious that he's actually older than her. He's like, uh, I used to have a romantic streak. She's like, when he's like when I was your age, I suppose. Again,
1: that's <laughs> one of the things that I kind of wrote off because being 28 when this came, yeah, like I was, I was getting into where I, I was kind of losing my optimism about life and stuff. You know, I was finally starting to hit that wall. So I was just like, oh, so, you know, like he's he's probably like seven, eight years older than her or something like that. You know, like, again, never occurred to me. It could possibly have gone more than 10.
0: But it's OK. It's all right, man. It's all right. So underestimating. <laughs> We're <laughs> pretending. So, yeah, that's, that's the only reference in the movie made. Well, actually, no, there's one more reference to her being younger than somebody. She's her husband is apparently a lot older than her, too. He asks her, hey, you should write some lyrics for it if you want to. And she's really excited. She's like, yeah, I'll totally do it. And she's she's into it.
1: So and then we get the scene with yeah, her walking up the hill, which her. I can't believe they didn't. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, but she has that great song later on called The Hill.
0: Oh, is that, that, um, is, that, that's the one that she plays in the in yeah, the studio. On the piano. What happens here is really funny. She's sitting on the bed with listening to the CD player, trying to, trying to write some lyrics and then the batteries die because Glenn referenced earlier on that. He's like, Oh, the batteries might be, might die soon, but you know, you can keep it anyways. So they die and she robs her child to go, to go to the corner store and buy some batteries.
1: I don't know if you've ever been that broke, but I have, <laughs> I can relate. And she's like, I promise I'll pay you back
0: like i'll pay you back and yeah so she goes down to the corner store gets some batteries and this was all this movie was 90 percent shot like fucking gorilla style right so you see people looking at the fucking camera like these kids outside of this convenience store
1: this isn't as bad as later when the drummer in a studio scene looks straight into the camera lens that that's i think the worst oh
0: god does he i didn't even notice
1: he does like it's during a really it's during the um that first song that they're playing and it's the first time the camera cuts to him and he looks right into
0: the camera oh he fucked up and they didn't have time and to like, reshoot <laughs> come on but yeah so she's walking she's walking back to her house she's singing the song and it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good one it's called yeah. if you want me <laughs>
1: And they keep this from being a perfect shot because this was so close to being a perfect shot this cameraman you do see the cameraman's shadow in the shot a couple of times and that's not great but the camera is walking in front of her you know basically aimed backwards so the cameraman is walking backward for this entire sequence and so he's taking the turns ahead of her and everything and then they get to the flat and they, they don't cut the entire time. It's a single shot. So it must have taken like a bunch of takes. And when they get to the flat, they do the only cut, which goes from where the cameraman basically was to the cameraman being on a boom. And then the shot lifts up, you know, above where she is and and he watches her go into the building. If they just had the boom there with a platform he could have just stepped onto, they could have done the entire thing as a single shot, but I'm guessing they couldn't find a boom that had that as an option. It's just because I noticed the cameraman's shadow that I started thinking about it, but I I did notice the cameraman's shadow a couple of times during this long shot because you know i mean they they're just using natural light so it's all street lights and so, and during a couple sequences or a, a couple moments during the thing the street lights are pointing so that their k- shadows are cast against the wall that is right next to her
0: by the end of her song though there's do there's like a tiny little bitty montage of them like just doing stuff he's hanging out with his dad she's cleaning somebody's house and then it cuts to glenn writing a song again uh called yeah little cracks they escalated uh the song's called lies yes so that that's that one for sure
1: are you saying lies is the one with the little cracks escalating yeah
0: So there's a girl there, there's another girlfriend montage here during this song they do two girlfriend montages i you yeah. can't be right about that yeah yeah no there's there's a girlfriend montage right here oh no the the first one is when he, when he's playing that other song he's just kind of reflecting he's like looking at pictures and there's a couple shots of her this one's like a full-on this whole oh, song okay. is just
1: yeah oh okay yeah that's totally different Okay, so this is the one with uh, with like the shot of him doing the magic trick using the camera cut and yeah, stuff. The legit, him montage. bouncing on the trampoline.
0: Yes. So this is where I come up with the comparison to Rocky Four. So hold on, don't uh, don't get so excited. I'm curious. I know the answer to the question. I'm just kind of asking and asking in a sarcastic sort of way why do people get all bent out of shape and make fun of it when rocky rocky 4 in particular is basically just a series of music videos when this movie is literally just a series of music videos intercut with people talking about shit occasionally
1: (laughs) okay you can fuck right off with that um (laughs) you know goddamn good and well (laughs) That is not a fair comparison.
0: That Rocky Four should have won a Grammy. <laughs> oh fuck off! Oh. Hey, that What's the name of that
1: Survivor song again—that utterly forgettable Survivor song that isn't "Eye of the Tiger." Was it "Burning Hearts?
0: "Burning Heart" or "Hearts on Fire"? I don't remember. Hearts on which one. Fire. That's they're both. Hearts on Fire. They're both in that movie.
1: Seriously, they they put a song called "Burning Heart" and a song called "Hearts on Fire." Yeah, in the same soundtrack.
0: Yeah, yeah. "Burning Jesus Heart" is Christ. the one. Is the song that they're that plays when they're flying to Russia and getting all set up. Okay. And then hearts on fire is the one during the awesome training montage.
1: Okay. All right. So like literally within 90 seconds of each other, these two songs play back to back.
0: It's more like five minutes because they have the, they have the <laughs> going to Russia montage with burning heart. Then they have the first training montage with the, instrumental oh, oh that's score. right
1: you're talking about the second yeah. training and montage
0: then that. adrian shows up right and then rocky can finally get down to real business
1: <laughs> okay yeah that's fair five minutes okay
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so i forgot that i forgot there was that middle training montage
0: yeah the whole the whole last half of the movie is just a montage yeah <laughs> Again, with like a couple scenes where they're like, we're going to do this. It's so ridiculous. We're doing this for Apollo. <laughs> there's that.
1: There's the reflection montage. Then there's the flying to Russia montage. Then there's training montage number one. Then Adrian shows up. Then training montage number two. And then the fight.
0: Which is also a montage. Oh.
1: <laughs> How the fuck are we ta- still talking about Rocky IV? Jesus Christ.
0: Because, damn it. <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> let's keep on trucking. He finds her again at some point. I don't know. Maybe the next day. Maybe... A couple days from then uh, and tells her that he has decided that he's going to go to London to get this girl back and that before he goes, they should make a record together.
1: That's his that's his last ditch effort to get her into him before he <laughs> just completely gives up and settles.
0: Uh But yeah, she's obviously on board. He's like, yeah, sure. Uh, sh- I mean, she's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And he's like, well, that's one thing sorted. Now I got to get the rest of the stuff sorted. The first thing we see, they go to a they go to a studio and it's a really nice studio and the guy's like it's three thousand dollars for the weekend which is actually a pretty fucking good deal he is not not wrong about that she's like how about a thousand he's like uh, I could book this place in an hour so no and she's like well <laughs> all right then they eventually decide after after a little bit of debate sort of debate they, they shake on two thousand dollars and he's like she drives a hard bargain and then Glenn's like she's a tough cookie he 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 and then they go I love and-
1: the, I love the way she negotiates she's like well all right we could do fifteen hundred yeah. I cannot go higher than that He's like, we can talk about 2000. Yeah. She's like, nope, you said 2000. We're fucking doing it.
0: <laughs> yep. We, sh- we shake on two. Yes. Uh, and then they go into the worst fucking clothing store in Ireland.
1: Oh, my God. It's pretty janky. Yeah. At least for that, her. Like, she's That like, totally checks out yeah. as a Eastern Europeans frequent this store and yeah. keep it alive.
0: She's like, I shop here. Very good fashions. I'm like, wrong. But I mean, if you're into it, I guess. Sure. <laughs> And they're there to buy him a suit because in the next scene, they're going to go get a loan for the $2,000. <laughs> and this scene, yep. I like this scene. It's really funny because it, it tracks pretty well with people that are in this, in the position of this get this loan officer guy. Like these two come in there, they, they show him these songs and he's like, yeah, he's kind of nodding his head like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then they're like, you know, show, show your boss the tape. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to convince them to give us money. He'll definitely get a record deal and shouldn't be able to pay it all back. And then the guy just looks at him for a second and goes can i show you something then he plays this horrible fucking song on his guitar and i'm like you gotta respect the conviction there
1: <laughs> i just love how the next cut like they <laughs> they jump cut from can i show you something to him standing in front of them at his desk with his foot up one <laughs> foot up on his office chair and the guitar and he's just like playing this song with conviction you know this is <laughs>
0: Hey, but the loan got approved. So, you know, that's all that really matters. And then the last thing they have to find is a band. So there's this other buskin band. And apparently they only play Thin Lizzy covers.
1: They're playing. Did you notice they're playing Thin Lizzy covers in front of the statue of I I can never remember the dude's name, but the bass player for Thin Lizzy, who is a Dublin hero.
0: Oh, no, I did not notice that. I don't know much about Thin Lizzy other than that they exist.
1: I don't know if. If the entire band was from dublin but the bass player was from dublin and they fucking love him there and that was a statue of him that they were busking in front of
0: (laughs) okay well that makes that whole scene even funnier then because glenn (laughs) walks up to him and he's like hey do you guys want to you know make a record you know and stuff and he's like well is it lizzie stuff is it lizzie stuff because we only play lizzie stuff and the bass player goes yeah we only play lizzie stuff that's kind of our thing and of course little timmy the drummer he has to be like are your songs any good and mar's like yeah no they're they're great and he's and glenn looks back at her he's like really i love how he he kind
1: of starts to go well you know and she <laughs> and she just cuts him off she's like they're fantastic
0: yeah he's obviously very confident i guess that works that's a quick scene it's just fine and we'll we'll get back to them later
1: you know what we didn't talk about i just, i want to backtrack for a sec we didn't talk about this and i i wanted to mention it because i i'm curious if you had this experience too growing up again spent my high school years always around musicians just constantly that sequence when they're sitting in his room together and he's playing her his tape i have sat through that so many goddamn times <laughs> just sitting in silence with an you know a nobody musician listening to their tape in their room that they recorded on their little tape player uh, and it just sounds like shit and, and we just have to sit in silence for the entire duration of the song and then talk about it with this person who is just begging for your approval have you had that experience
0: (laughs) oh all the time um going to warp tour and stuff all the bands would kind of not all the bands like the 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 smaller bands would kind of wander around through the line before we get in and play us their music and stuff and try to sell us CDs and shit.
1: It's such a true scene. It's fantastic.
0: Well, and now also with, with, with my band and us having stuff like on the internet and like stuff that I can be like, Hey, here, listen to this. I don't really know the etiquette. Like, cause I'm, I'm like, do I just make them sit there for three and a half minutes while we, while I play the whole fucking song or do I like play them the first verse in the chorus and let them kind of leave or what? <laughs>
1: I think it's one of those things where if you want them to listen to it, like you really want them to listen to it, you have to make them listen to it. Because everybody's got a million and one entertainment choices now. They're never going to listen to your song unless you make them. You can literally provide them the link. All they have to do is touch the link on their phone, go to it, and it will play automatically, and they will not do it
0: it's true nobody gives a shit nobody cares that you're in a band nobody cares that we do a podcast nobody cares about anything if we were famous they'd care sure but we can't get famous because nobody cares so who fucking cares yeah i mean that's the
1: nice thing about like like the gig you guys are playing coming up people who go there are going to be there to listen to music you know so that's going to be your forum to get people interested
0: and there's going to be a bunch of record producers there and we're going to get signed and i'm going to get the fuck out of here not really <laughs> cuz this is not the 90s anymore and that shit doesn't happen
1: even if it was no nobody's hiring uh, nobody's hiring youth battalion to uh
0: <laughs> hey we are way better than youth battalion okay <laughs> and we even have a young a young kid in the band so
1: are they front and center? Yes, they are. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe it's not Youth Battalion then. But I'm no. just thinking a year old ass up there playing '90s pop punk, and it just—it's cracking me up. But oh no, it's—it's—it's
0: it's, it. it. it's modern pop punk. Don't worry, I couldn't get the. I like guys.
1: it. I've I've listened yeah. to the I've listened to the to your single on Spotify. It's. It's good. It's I couldn't good. get it, those I mean, fuckers to
0: play a Nerve Herder song if my life depended on it.
1: It's so very your style. It sounds like you're playing music that's good for you.
0: I wrote I wrote that song, so yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, like so, story checks out.
0: I mean, I wrote I wrote the I wrote the the rhythm riff. Like I wrote the whole thing, and then they all added their shit to it. Well, you know,
1: it's a collaborative medium.
0: I I'm very actually really happy with that one.
1: As soon as I heard it, I was like, "Yep, this is this is Andrew's style for sure."
0: There's another one that I that I wrote, and you'll probably recognize that one too
1: just because it's exactly your style
0: <laughs> it's a little it's a little more hardcore but yeah so now we're gonna go hang out with a bunch of strangers that we don't know and glenn doesn't really know them either but he invited <laughs> this is kind
1: of a weird this is kind of a weird sequence
0: he uh and it was actually shot in glenn hansard's flat and that first lady that sings there is his mother in real life really yeah so that's kind of fun it's just I a mean, bunch of people this,
1: is this a thing because like the idea is that it's one of those situ it's a situation where if you show up you have to sing uh, is that something that groups of people get together and do
0: maybe in ireland people who people who are musicians and stuff
1: maybe i, I, don't mean, know. I mean you know i guess dublin's kind of a big city so well and getting together an art communi- an arts yeah, community yeah getting together and
0: singing kind of i think is a much bigger deal and it was 2007 the internet wasn't quite we didn't really have Netflix yet nobody you
1: know. has smartphones you know
0: yeah yeah there's no there's not a fucking cell phone to be found in here except for, except for in the, the I guess the record producer or the, the engineer
1: the, the studio engineer yeah
0: but yeah they're just singing some songs some good songs I like that song Gold is really nice which one was that
2: and I, love her so. I will-
0: it's just a bunch of Irish folk songs being sung it's kind of nice
1: it was cool I could I could see being
0: into going to a thing like that but then they're gonna make you sing so (laughs) yeah I mean you
2: know
1: in in my high school days I'd I'd been cool but cool with that back when I was playing music regularly
0: I can't sing so
1: I was an okay singer back then I've never been a good singer but passable
0: I'll add some Irish to my voice and some of those guys couldn't sing either and they they had pretty good careers (laughs) Shane McGowan's not a great singer but he fucking made it so who's that the lead singer of the pogues
1: well did they get their start in the 80s or the 90s 80s new wave man the pogues they're the an irish they're
0: an irish folk band man
1: i i don't know i only know the pogues <laughs> by reputation i've never oh, listened okay. to their music
0: you should listen to some fucking pogues man go after this drag your son out and listen to sally Macklin and uh fucking fairy tale of new york and shit that's not gonna happen and dirty old town some good stuff get your shit together god damn it my shit's so together i'm full of it all right so after that fun little scene glenn shows Which doesn't up. doesn't really have any purpose no it's just, <laughs> just there to add some more songs and have them hanging out with each other and just doing stuff together glenn shows up at marquetta's house on his dad's motorcycle so now another thing that john carney likes to do is have children people's children in these movies steal things vehicles in particular that their yeah, parents apparently. would be pissed about because the same thing happens in fucking uh sing street with the boat and uh you know they go on i guess
1: a... they don't technically steal anything and begin again
0: i don't I don't think they do. No, no, no. Beginning Again is an outlier in this in this trilogy of movies he's got.
1: Although they do steal all of the locations that they that they record the album at.
0: So. They do, but they're not stealing from anybody's dad in the movie.
1: That's true. They're not <laughs> stealing from relatives. They're stealing from the city.
0: Yeah, fuck them. Not 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 the people <laughs> stealing, but the city people. Fuck the city people. So they go on a ride together, and immediately cuts to uh, Glenn going, "Wait, what? You're married." <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> there's there's a reveal for you.
1: Yeah, it's like a hard cut to a hard cut there.
0: So Marquette is married. Her husband lives in the Czech Republic, and it's not gonna work. It, like she's like, we broke up. I came here on my own. It's over. It wouldn't work anyways because he's way older than me. And I'm like, so you just like old dudes then? She's uh, got a type. The shock is still there. Like he's kind of like, what the fuck? So they're like looking at the ocean, and he's like, let's check for ocean. She tells him.
1: Now, do you know the spoiler of this scene? I do.
0: I do. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to okay, it. Okay, I just I
1: want to give. The- <laughs> the audience the opportunity to skip it in case they want it the mystery to could stay ruin alive. the movie for you <laughs> so, i yeah. told it to my ex-wife and she just looked at me and was like why the fuck would you tell me that that just ruined the movie for me really that did oh yeah it, she, she was like that's so goddamn
0: sad so they talk a little more about the husband and shit and then glenn asks marquetta like what's checked for do you love him and she tells him and then he says it to her, what what she told him it was, and then she says something back to him, and the subtitles say, Speaking in Czech.
1: Yeah, they don't, they don't subtitle it in the non-subtitled version, yeah. and she doesn't tell him what she said. But, apparently... And this is the point at which you may wish to skip ahead about 30 to 60 seconds.
0: Yes, she says some variation of, I love you, or it's you I love.
1: Yeah, basically <laughs> he, he says, do you love her? And she says, she says no, I love you. Why? <laughs> put a fucking knife through my heart
0: why because they don't end up together yeah oh spoiler romantic
1: in me is not fully dead yet
0: neither is mine but i'm also realistic so
1: i don't necessarily think that they should end up together but when two people that's a thing that kills me is like it doesn't bother me when two people are just wrong for each other and they're just like no this you know this isn't right we you know i don't You may feel that way about me. I don't feel that way about you. All right. Yeah, fine. You know, like you have to have a mutual thing. But when two people do both want to be with each other and then they don't, that fucking breaks my heart.
0: So I also think at this point he is kind of annoyed that she's married and he just she just kind of dropped that fucking bomb on him because he's sitting there reflecting and she's like, hey, man, can I ride this motorcycle? (laughs) And he's like, no, (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't like fold his arms and like start like, no, no, can't.
1: He, he does not bend on that one. And she keeps pushing.
0: <laughs> and she's kind of adorable about it. He's like, yeah, dude, my dad doesn't even know I have it. He'll be. And she's like, well, then he wouldn't know that I had it, too.
1: I got I to gotta admit, if it was me, I'd have cracked. But he doesn't.
0: After that, maybe. Fuck. He snaps out of it a little bit because she's like, give us the keys. And he's like, the keys are in it. And then they kind of giggle and fucking. And then he's driving her back to her. Yep, driving her work. back. Driving to work. Cleaning some rich asshole's house, I'm thinking. And then we cut to rehearsals for recording the song that they start with is trying to pull myself away. Great song, which yeah, it's a good, it's a good one.
1: And I love, I love it because there's kind of a great little scene when the engineer is sitting there and they're all getting set up. He's the engineer's on his phone and he's like, eh, I gotta, I gotta do a thing with these fucking oddballs here yep. first, but you know, the, then we can get together and do this." So he clearly just doesn't give shit one about these guys or their music. He's just there for a paycheck, which is understandable. You know, he does this all the time, and probably ninety percent of the people who roll through there are these losers who are never gonna do anything but they want to record a song you know
0: we are going Um, to talk about that scene like right now (laughs) and i'll i'll throw in some experience that i've had with that exact same thing
1: all right i'm curious to hear your experience
0: so the rehearsals are over and we get to to the studio we meet amen john carney also likes to call characters amen Ooh, and here's my fan theory this amen is the amen from sing street
1: wait who was amen in sing street i recognize the name but i i don't remember the character he's
0: the kid who plays all the instruments and stuff the dorky one with the glasses
1: (laughs) oh fuck yeah because that was the 80s yeah and this is 20 years later
0: and now he's just a disillusioned shithead who didn't make it but now he's just you know like in his, his middle
1: 30s. Oh, no, that's perfect. I fucking mean, at least he's working in music, you know.
0: Cosmo forgot to come back to Ireland to get him.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he, they drowned halfway there. Oh, fuck. In the channel.
0: That's why he's so depressed. That's right. Yeah, they're totally dead, right? So they're at the recording studio. They meet Eamon, and he's the engineer guy. He's already kind of like, so we're going to get everything set up. And then Timmy, the drummer, he's like, well, everything is set up. The drums are set up. It's fine. He's like, no, you dickhead. We need to fucking mic him for sound. Have you guys done any recording? <laughs> and all of them are like... No. So they get into the booth and they're ready to go. And he's like, hey, man. Glenn's like, hey, we're ready. And the dude is on his phone. Yeah. Doing the thing where he's like, you know, I have to I'm stuck here for the weekend with this bunch of fucking oddballs. Then <laughs> they start playing and he still doesn't care. So this happened. This happened. <laughs> <laughs> My first experience in a recording studio. It was exactly like this. The okay, engineers I just give less of a shit. Yeah, the engineers were dickheads. They were young kids. They didn't care. They thought we sucked, which I sucked. Everybody else did fine. They forgot to turn off the speaker one time, and I heard them. We all heard them talking shit about us and stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what fuck. the fuck? Yeah, oh,
1: that's that's pretty bad
0: yeah it was, it was bad my second experience with the studio was way fucking better because i did better and the dude was way more professional and the stuff sounded better so it was it was oh, all good. it was better all around but yeah was it's that a-
1: this experience or was that uh with with the old band
0: with an with with the same old band from the first okay. recording session
1: that recording session was that uh with the band who does the intro and outro music
0: yeah and that was actually the session that we recorded that intro and outro music too
1: okay there you go a little uh inside baseball for the sharks across hollywood longtime listeners
0: oh, yeah yeah, I forgot, I forgot that was our fucking music. I just, now it's just part of the thing now. But yeah, yeah, no, that was, that was, that was that session.
1: My uncle introduced me to this movie. He was the one who came to me and told me that I needed to watch this and he fucking loves this movie. And he is a recording engineer. He actually teaches recording engineering at the university of Oregon. And, uh, yeah, he fucking loves this movie because this movie is so there's so much inside baseball going on in every one of these scenes that it's just fantastic.
2: Like,
0: and how, how did he feel about this engineer being such a dick to everybody?
1: he he was like felt it was dead on because he doesn't <laughs> give a shit about 90% of the people he records.
0: It's true. It's true.
1: But he gets excited whenever he hears somebody who he actually connects with what they're with the music they're making. Like he'll I've recorded with him before, not me personally. I was more on his side of the whole thing but i had friends in a band who were recording with him he would tell us stories about like the groups that he actually would connect with and really liked what they were doing and stuff because they're very rare and the 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 car test like i knew about that before i ever saw this movie so as soon as as soon as they got to the point where they're wrapping it up i was like are they gonna do the car test and they, they fucking do the car test it's perfect my uncle even told he even introduced me to it as the car test
0: all right, so let's talk about this next song for, like, a second. called When Your Mind's Made Up. The people in the movie are not really playing it, except for Glenn and Marquetta. Uh, the frames, it's the frames on the actual recording.
1: But everybody's doing a good job of, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, uh, pantomiming.
0: They're doing all right faking it, but apparently the song's just kind of complicated, and they needed professional musicians who were really good to come in and yeah actually do it
1: it is the timing on it is what do you say it's five four or it's something five four it's, a, it's a weird timing
0: i'm like that's one more than i use dude i don't know <laughs> yeah uh but Eamon, the 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 guy changes his tune pretty quick once he fucking hears the song once the song takes off he's like oh shit it's pretty good
1: It's also kind of about where him and her are at that moment, you know, like he's kind of resigned himself, but he's, he's still, he's still a romantic. So he he hasn't fully given up, but his rational mind is telling him, uh, dude, it's
0: not going to happen. <laughs> and then, uh, fallen from the sky is the next song. That we,
1: one I'm not as familiar with. And like we, I can't, I don't have a media recall on it.
2: You must have fallen from the sky. Shut up.
0: Yeah, it's kind of fun. And then we get a little montage during this one where Ivanka and the mom show up to this studio and everybody's having fun and fucking around. Once the montage is over, it turns out it's 4 a.m. on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Nobody really knows. But they're like, hey, uh, (laughs) you you know, it's 4 a.m. Do you want to keep going? And then Glenn's like, yeah, I'm down with keeping it, keeping on going if everybody else is good with it. And they're like, yeah, can we get some tea first?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So they take a 15. And completely then, understandable. Yeah. It's fucking 4 a.m. And then
0: <laughs> Glenn ends the scene by saying, why do you think there are no blonde priests? And we never get an answer. <laughs> That's
1: true. We never get an answer to that one.
0: Uh, so while on break, Marquetta and Glenn end up in this kind of this dark studio space with, with a piano. She kind of found it first and he found her uh, and she's playing with it. And it's just really nice. Fucking piano i know nothing about pianos so though that there it is it's a fucking cool piano and uh, what did
1: she say it started with a b it's a the name of the piano
0: it's a brim job
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the one brim job
0: don't remember i really don't great
1: remember. pianos brim job
0: so glenn asks her to play one of her songs and she's like no thank you they're all kind of half written he's like do it bitch
1: that's exactly how he says it, which is really aggressive for his character. I did not expect that out of him. But yeah, he's
0: very insistent. She um, calls him Daddy. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Well, it's because he probably is.
1: <laughs> okay, you broke me on that one.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, she plays, is this the Is this the song that you were talking about, The, the Hill? Yeah, yeah,
1: The Hill. Really heavy, emotional song, and she really commits to it.
0: Yeah, this song's a rough one. It's very sad. because she 100% wrote this about her husband who doesn't love her enough.
1: Yeah, I don't know who <laughs> I like I don't I don't know what her real writing process was, but I fucking believe it. This song is this song is heavy. That line she has where she says, "I wish I didn't have to make all those mistakes and be wise." Just like fuck.
0: Maybe it's cuz she's yeah. 17 with a 2-year-old daughter. <laughs> maybe but then again who the who really who knows how old she's supposed to be in the movie so it's very sad he's like is that about your husband she's like yeah he hated it or he didn't like it i guess she wasn't so harsh and i'm like that guy's dumb that song's beautiful and you know it's sad but it's good and he they both they're both like yeah he's an idiot
1: yeah this one hits close to home for me
0: and this is okay so this is where marquetta immediately knows that this where I, and I feel like this relationship would never work in a million fucking years. It's right here that it's entirely too obvious. And I think however many fucking years ago, when I 15 years ago, when I was 20, 21 years old or whatever, watching this, I thought, Oh, that sucks. She should go with him. It's fine. Go with him. Right. Because he asks her, he says, you know, you should come to London with me. We'll make records and we'll be famous and play concerts for people and live together and, you know, write songs and just be awesome. And she's kind of like, Joking about it, she's like, "Yeah, we could go there, and I could play piano on all the records and sing backup and stuff." And he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm serious. Let's fucking do it." And she's like, "Can I bring my mom?" And then he immediately turns around and just stops looking at her and just goes,
1: "Um, he doesn't stop. He does. It's not that bad. He no. doesn't stop looking at her, but he, he like he it stops him in his tracks. He
0: definitely was asking her to legitimately give up her life to go to London because he and
1: she and she confronts him with the reality of like." hey, this is what's going on.
0: Yeah. you know, Because his life is his father who could absolutely take care of himself. He is using his dad as an excuse to not actually have to fucking do anything.
1: <laughs> Which his dad basically tells him later in the movie. Yeah,
0: get the fuck out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's such a good scene.
0: Because I don't know if we touched on that, but the reason he's actually living there with his dad, he used to live alone, I imagine, away from him, probably with a girlfriend, actually.
1: Yeah, the reason he's telling himself he's living with his dad and the reason he's living (laughs) with his dad are two completely different things.
0: The reason we hear is that mom died and he wanted to take care of his dad.
1: Yeah, dad doesn't need him to take care of him. He's living with dad because he can't take care of himself. He got wrecked by the by the breakup and he just he just needed to find a safe space and so his dad is letting him live there and he's contributing very very little but uh you know his dad's putting up with it because he knows you know it's like he wants to be there for him
0: because he's a good dad if, he looks like a harsh but he's telling
1: himself but. he's taking care of his dad like, yeah hey, yeah fucking
0: right <laughs> not at all so uh so yeah, it's Monday now and recording is done. And they're gonna go do the car test in Eamon's fucking clown car.
1: They they sur- <laughs> they sure pile into that thing, boy.
0: You open the back, there's two seats facing the back, there's fucking a regular back no, seat. Those aren't
1: right? seats. That's a that's a fucking cargo area they just they just pile in there, redneck style
0: i don't know rachel swore that i mean there are seats in there they are sitting No, down.
1: there <laughs> are not they are not they're sitting down but they're sitting on the cargo space because oh, their feet are on the same level as the bottom of their butt <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're just piling in this fucking thing. It does not look safe. I can tell you that.
1: It, this is completely would not fly with American traffic laws.
0: Then we get a you know a little montage to your mind's made up again. They're all yep. at the beach hanging out, having fun. But it's all done. Uh, that's it. Recording's done. Everything's done. They get dropped off back at the recording studio. They get Glenn gets like a stack of CDs and shit. And him and Marquetta they they're walking along together and he's like come over we'll listen to the cd and she's like no i gotta go fucking home i've been hanging out with you all weekend you asshole i need to go hang out with my daughter for like a minute and that's exactly how she said it too
1: well what she says (laughs) she does say that but then when when he pushes she's like hey we all know what's gonna happen if i come back with you yeah and it'd be nice but ultimately it's going nowhere
0: and i'm You know, I'm still even though I'm more mature now and I totally get it. I'm like, well, let's just fuck once then. Who cares?
1: But the trouble is the trouble there is. And I understand why they don't do it is because it wouldn't just be a fuck. It would like they would both get that would be the thing that made it too hard to do what she knows
0: she needs to do. Well, they need to stop taking sex so goddamn seriously at the same. I mean,
1: you know, sex isn't as serious as everybody makes it out to be. But sex isn't nothing. Like people want some people want to make it out to it be. It can be. It can be, but not when you're that emotionally tied up already.
0: Oh, I can turn that shit off pretty quick to, to, I don't to think, bust I don't a nut. Think it, am I right? High five. I'm
1: not high five that. Because <laughs> I completely relate to where these characters are coming from. If these characters, the way they are, if they went home and fucked, they would stay together and it would be wrong. It would be it wouldn't work. It would end up hurting both of them in the long run. And she knows it. Again, she knows it. He doesn't know it. He's in denial.
0: And I'm completely okay with it. Let's, let's just fuck. I'll send you home and I'll, I'll buy you a piano and we never have to talk again.
1: <laughs> but she knows that she wouldn't be okay with it.
0: She doesn't matter anymore. I'm trying to get laid here. All right.
1: Oh, boy. There's some toxic masculinity <laughs> raising it rearing its ugly head. That's what's wrong with casual sex is that attitude. It who is. gives a shit about you? This is about me. Let's just fuck. Oh, let's boy.
0: just fuck. It'll be fine. Just yeah. you know, fuck anything that moves. Just wear a condom.
1: Yeah, this is this is a hard scene because you know she's right, and it still hurts like a motherfucker.
0: Just fuck her from behind like an adult. There's no emotion there. <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ! <laughs> All right, yeah, I guess not taking things seriously is your way of coping <laughs> with with the pain of this scene.
0: No, I'm just I'm just old and bitter, and I don't. I'm jaded as fuck, and I'm just like, if you're gonna fuck, fuck. If you're not, just get the fuck out of here. Let's let's go. Let's let's fucking do this. But they you know,
1: passed that point several is, scenes ago. Yeah.
0: No, she's she's absolutely right. <laughs> and she's also like, yeah, you got to do some stuff before you go to London. I got to get ready for my thing. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. What the fuck thing do you have to do? And then it turns out she's going to try and reconnect with her shitty husband.
1: Which is also a terrible idea. Yeah, because it totally that's worked the going, first time. That's not going anywhere. But I get her reasoning. But it's one of those stay together for the kids situations, which you know is going to be complete. Yeah, it's going to turn into a total
0: nightmare. But Good she does say though. she does say, hey, yeah, I guess I'll come over later. But she, she's she totally wouldn't. lying. She's she's not coming over. She just wanted to leave. She's like, this is getting creepy. I need to go home.
1: <laughs> yeah, she needed the out because um because she wanted to go with him. You know, she she wants to go with him, but she knows she can't. And she knows if she lets him keep pushing, she's gonna give into it. So she's like, all right, I'll come over later. Uh, yeah, she doesn't I don't know. That's my that's my
0: takeaway. No, you're that that's absolutely that makes total sense she she doesn't come over he's sitting there in the bed doing <laughs> i've been i've been here by the way hey i made plans <laughs> oh, with this yeah. person <laughs> And you're just fucking sitting there. And every time my car drives by, you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no, it's not them. Oh, yeah. uh uh-uh. Oh, no, nope." So, Dude, yeah, that's
1: literally how it is. Anytime I make plans with anyone, <laughs> even if it's not somebody I'm super excited about. If I made plans with somebody, that's all I'm good for at that point. If I make plans for to do something with somebody at any point during the day, I'm useless for the entire rest of the day.
0: <laughs> no, I feel that. I feel that I, used I to, envy I, those
1: people yeah. who can, who can just be productive and be doing their, their other shit and then immediately switch gears and be hanging out with somebody and then immediately switch that gear off and go back to doing whatever they were. Doing. I'm not that guy.
0: You need some if drugs I'm, for that, man. Yeah, probably. And some therapy probably. maybe. Oh, definitely.
1: Definitely definitely the therapy
0: so he's just sitting there he's checking his watch he goes outside nobody's there obviously she's not gonna be fucking waiting there it's not a goddamn fairy tale which he also tries to make it again later well there's a line that he says that i'll i'll make fun of him for here in a minute um (laughs) at some point i think the next day probably he's playing the playing the cd for his dad and they're just sitting there and it's kind of quiet and you know he's Glenn is like, well, he's come up with excuses for why it's not perfect. And he's just trying to make his dad like he's I think he's afraid that his dad doesn't accept him. Also, it's not really stated, but he definitely has that. I think he's just insecure in general, for sure. But but he's like, yeah, yeah, he's
1: insecure in general. They're not perfect
0: and blah, blah, blah. And then his dad's like, that's fucking brilliant. So his dad really likes it.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Again, you know, like his dad, he has that hard older generation dad thing going on. You know, so you, so he looks like, and he, and he's kind of got this scowl on his face the entire time he's listening, and he hasn't said anything. And then he shuts the tape off, and he, and the dad just kind of takes a moment, and his insecurity just flares up, and he starts dropping all these apologies, like he said. And then the dad's like. It's fucking brilliant, son. His, and you realize, oh, he was just, like, really focused on it. And he and it's this beautiful moment between the two of them. Yeah, it's, he was processing. It's really beautiful.
0: And, yeah, so his dad's like, so when are you, when are you leaving, basically? And he, Glenn's yep. like, the what? What? Because apparently he didn't tell his dad about this, but his dad kind of knew something was up for some reason. And then Glenn's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. And he's like, well, good for you, man. He's not like, oh, that's, that's really quick. He's like, good, my son is getting up off his ass and just taking initiative and actually fucking doing something. <laughs> And he's like, I don't have to go, though. I don't have to go. I can stay here and take care of you. He's like, why the fuck do you need to take care of me? I'm fine. In fact, here, take some money so you can get yourself set up in a house so that I can come visit you when you get settled.
1: It's a, it's a really sweet scene. And then he's, he's just like, now play it again.
0: Yeah, play it again because he wants to hear. It. That's awesome. So now we cut to Glenn calling the ex or yeah, you know, I don't know. Talking to her on this giant fucking payphone, like this thing is massive.
1: <laughs> I had that exact same thought. Like that payphone, ooh, that's a relic, man.
0: Takes credit cards though.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it might it might be one of those that took like phone cards. I'm not
0: sure. Oh, you know what? That maybe that's true. I yeah. Phone booths existed at one point. Every once in a while, you'll see a phone booth that has no phone in it. Like they just they took the phone part out, but they didn't. Even that's the pretty rare. Booth. So this is where I want to make fun of him because he's he's talking, to the, he's talking to the ex. And okay. she asks, hey, do you want me to meet you at the airport? And he says, no, I'll come find you. I feel like that should be a throwaway line, but I don't think it is. I think he finds it way more romantic for him to go and get <laughs> her instead of her coming to him.
2: Let me tell you a little something I've learned about women. They want you to come get them. They
1: love it. Yeah, story checks out on that for sure. I completely agree. In his mind, that is a grand romantic gesture.
0: Also, their relationship is going to end like a month after he gets there. If that. Relationships end for a reason, everybody.
1: She didn't cheat on him because they were so right for each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. I'm not saying it could never work. I'm just saying it often doesn't because, you know.
1: In general, you know, if if you're a monogamous person and you're so cheats on you there's not usually coming back from that it does happen but it's so fucking rare
0: yeah yeah, i'm sure the relationship was just super healthy in general anyways maybe she cheated on a diet (laughs) no he literally says she went and screwed some guy that she knew and now i'm in dublin with a broken heart
1: yeah he (laughs) he does say that she fucked someone else
0: so he does after he gets done talking to her and says i'll find you uh he goes to marquetta's place uh but she is not there. Her mom comes and answers the door with Ivanka kind of freaking out. Um She's like, Hi handsome. Yeah, she's just like, Hey, handsome. It's it was it was cute. I never caught that before. I think I think they all got along. He he liked the mom and she liked him and him and Marquetta were friends. They I mean I'm I wonder like, do they stay in touch? Because he says, like, I'll call, and they're like, no fucking phone. And he's like, all right. And then she's like, okay, you'll write a letter. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yes, yes. I'll, I'll fucking write a letter and shit.
1: I don't doubt that he wrote a letter. At least one.
0: Yeah, he wrote one. Maybe two. She, she didn't respond, and he's like, fine, he fuck didn't. you, bitch.
1: She might have even responded, <laughs> but it wasn't the same, you know. Like she was, she didn't, she didn't respond. I guarantee she didn't respond back the way he wanted her to. If she responded, because he, what he wanted was, God, I miss you. I regret. The decision, maybe we could make it work. You know? She cheated
0: on me there's again.
1: No, <laughs> there's no fucking way she responded that way. No. And uh, And yeah, so like at best, two letters.
0: Yeah. So he leaves, he goes to the music store. Now here's something. So he buys her a piano okay does he use the money that his dad gave him to get a place in london or does he suck the guy's dick until he gives him a piano because he's like he's like hey can i talk to you in the back real quick i had
1: that exact well okay not the sucking the guy's dick but i had the exact same thought about did he just did he just throw down the money his dad gave him for an apartment to to, to buy this woman a piano it seems I mean that if that's I, I guess if that's what you got to do to finally put a nail in that coffin which I think that was I think him giving her the piano was his way of closing
0: it there's a sequel where her husband beats the shit out of her because another dude bought her a piano uh
1: no, no. I think the I, th- I think the um I think the piano showed up before the husband did and uh and so <laughs> and she just never told him
0: <laughs> maybe but I'm just a cynical fuck so I just assume He's he's a garbage person. <laughs> kind of looks like the guy from Nerf Herder, which I thought was really funny. I don't
1: know what the guy from Nerf Herder looks like. He looks like the guy from he Nerf Herder. If he looks like him, then and that's uh, what he looks like. Okay. So yeah, <sighs>
0: he gets the piano. I mean, she gets the piano. He gets. He goes to the fucking airport and the end. The movie's over. They don't end up together. They go back nope. to where they were, like prior to meeting, which seems very lateral and like we didn't get anywhere. But at least we have an album uh, like uh, some songs recorded and stuff and he finally did something and shit i don't know man
1: that's the important thing is he went to london he's making the effort you know and if he if he actually nuts up and starts doing the work i i'd say he has a career as a as a singer songwriter he'll never be famous you know but he could he can make a living at it he goes off and and starts the frames and that's not nothing
0: (laughs) nope he gives up and just becomes a fucking van morris and cover artist
1: (laughs) oh i don't like that ending at all
0: (laughs) because like i forgot to mention that say say it to me now i'm like huh I didn't know who Van Morrison was when I first saw this movie, but now I do. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> he was listening to a lot of Van Morrison when he was writing all these songs.
1: Yeah. He said that he listens to a lot of Van Morrison, uh, Leonard Cohen, and uh, Bob Dylan growing up. You if know, you've like ever seen
0: influences, have you seen the five-year engagement? Yes. Well, yeah. The Jason Segel's character is really into Van Morrison and Glenn Hansard does a cover of Into the Mystic on that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. He does. Yeah, and where the where the trumpets are, he just goes ba 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 da, and it works way better than the trumpets. I think he just sings. I don't the know. Trump- I, I'd
1: have to hear it because I like that song.
0: I do. Me too. Van Morrison's kind of a tool, but you know it's all right.
1: Well, sure, but you know I I like the song.
0: Well, yeah. So fucking Van Morrison. Good music. Kind of a shitty person, but that's just rock stars in general, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of a that's kind of a pick whoever you want out of the. <laughs> The rock pantheon and they're gonna at best they're gonna have some really really fucking fucked up shit
0: i am disappointed in some of these people and then some of the ones that i thought were annoying and i didn't like come back and i'm like wow they're way different than i thought they were they're on my side that's fucking confusing
1: yeah pretty much the best you can hope for out of out of those rock stars from like 1980 and pre-1980 is you know just the occasional really skeezy shit
0: you know what it was it was neil young we were (laughs) rachel and i heard heard some stuff about him being this like left-wing guy and i'm like huh like it makes sense when I actually stop to think about it, but I'm like, that's not who I thought this dude was.
1: Oh no. Uh Neil Young's very outspoken about his left wing views, but you know, you can pretty much guarantee he was also fucking fourteen year olds. Yeah. You know. That sucks. For sure. Anyways. Definitely some sexual assaults there.
0: Fuck all you people for being fucking assholes. Just be nice, all right? Just be good people. <laughs> Anyways. We're gonna well, be we're know, gonna be good people crossed. get the fuck out of here here in a minute.
1: All right, we should probably do that. Anyway, <laughs> love this movie. This is a this is a five out of five stars for me. I fucking love this movie, but it depresses the shit out of me. So, like, I need to just go cry for a while.
0: It depends on how you interpret it. It's kind of hopeful because they're at least <laughs> trying things. I don't think any of those things are going to work out for them. Maybe the music thing might work out for him.
1: It's hopeful in the sense that it is they don't give in to the romantic idea of what they could have been together because ultimately that would have not worked out. Out for them and it would have just led to heartbreak and she's right you know she's absolutely right it would have gone nowhere but it's hard to watch movies that are that
0: honest but at least they would have gotten to fuck which is all that really matters at the end of the day uh Uh, yeah no it's a great movie every everybody should watch it it's got great music decent act acting from people who aren't fucking actors which is awesome it's a good it's a good gateway into john carney movies in general the only reason i love sing street so much is because i happened to watch this movie in 2007 john
1: carney the three movies of his i've seen are just Every single one of them is fantastic.
0: Yeah, so watch this one, watch Sing Street, watch Begin Again. They're all fantastic. And we're done. Fuck once. No, don't don't fuck it. It's a good movie. Go go after it. Let's talk about some social media. <laughs> you can follow us on everything right. at the Shark Pod Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sharkscross Hollywood. You can listen to us talk about some other shit. Twenty twenty one the thirteenth, twenty twenty two, a year in the asylum, twenty twenty three. Twelve fingers of Shaw. I'm never gonna fucking remember that.
1: <laughs> well, at least we remember it now, you know. <laughs> like for the first couple of episodes we <laughs> I think maybe for the first three episodes, we couldn't yeah. recall it during the episode. I made a, so.
0: I, I made a, enough tequila Tequila references to last me a lifetime, which is one. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's plenty. So, yeah. um, I'm good on tequila Tequila forever now.
0: Yeah. Give us some goddamn money at patreon.com slash Hollywood. I say that a thousand times per episode, I'm noticing, but that's whatever. Uh, We'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, the original one from 1993. That's our next one.
1: This ain't no game. Well, they were...
0: That's the tagline playing, of the movie. Playing with their fucking joysticks while they were making that movie. Somebody was. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, we're gonna we're gonna. I don't know if we're celebrating, but in preparation for the animated Mario Brothers movie to come out, we're gonna talk about that piece of shit from 1993. It'll be great, maybe. It will. <laughs>
1: Um, hopefully, it'll attain the heights of the movie at least, which is to say impossible to take seriously, but wonderful as a cheesy, bad movie experience.
0: I'm actually looking forward to it. I haven't seen it in a long time, so uh, we'll find out how that goes in a couple weeks. But until then, stay Jossum.